Welcome to the Infertile Mafia, where we talk about schmeckies and vajingos. <laughs> Sarah, we've got some business to take care of first. We do. Yeah. So I realized in our last episode that at the end, I kept saying we have a giveaway. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? That, that doesn't make any grammatical sense at all. We, we have a giveaway. Are having a giveaway. We are are having, we're doing a giveaway. Yeah. Either of those are better than we have a giveaway. <laughs> I, I just felt the need to to correct my grammar. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> notice it, so. Oh. Don't well, worry about we're it. Gonna, we'll talk about the, the giveaway a little later in the show, um, but the other piece of business I wanted to address was that I felt like, so Sarah told us last last on the last episode that she's now currently pregnant on with their second frozen embryo, and I just felt like we did not celebrate that enough. Oh. I just... I just think we need to all pause and like give you a, a collective virtual high five because that's really awesome. I'm really happy for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but that's that's the goal, right? Of this whole infertility struggle is to get to where you are, and so I just think it should be celebrated. It's like a big milestone. So Aww. I'm very happy for you. Thank and you. And I hope you're feeling well. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good today. We actually Good. graduated from the infertility clinic yesterday. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. How does that feel? Uh, I'm happy to go to the pregnancy doctor now. Really? Because the infertility clinic, when they do ultrasounds, are like, oh, it's there. And then <laughs> you leave. Yeah. I kind of had the opposite yeah. reaction. I was like, I did not want to leave them. I just loved them so much. I did not want to leave and then I felt like the OB was like they just didn't care as much as your fertility doctor they don't um, like hold it as this like precious thing but anyway no my fertility <laughs> doctor's like it's not a baby yet it's a sack oh, of really? sales yeah oh mine was the total opposite they're like this is the most like you would think it was like the freaking hope diamond that they were like had discovered and had to keep it safe and sacred and yeah that's so funny that we have like the opposite effect from each doctor. <laughs> no, I like them. Don't get me wrong. I like oh, yeah, them, yeah. but I like my pregnancy doctor for pregnancy. Well, right. he's a maternal fetal medicine specialist, so it's not yeah. an OB. He doesn't yeah. catch the baby. Right. He just a high risk pregnancy yeah. doctor. Right. Yeah, and yeah. he takes his time with us and their clinic is like going to the spa. It's just, it's really zen. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> and well, he's congratulations. so smart. But yeah. That's Thank good. you. Thank you. Congrats on graduating. That's I awesome. I appreciate that. Thanks. So speaking of babies, we're going to talk about some, uh, some TTCing, like what the heck it is, what we do in a natural trying to conceive cycle so that if anybody's like new to the trying to conceive game or maybe... You're not there yet, but you're thinking about it. Or if you just kind of want to understand what what it is that TTCers go through, these are some things that you start trying maybe after you've given it a shot naturally for a few months and they're like, oh, maybe I'll need some help. So we're just going to go over some of those things you do early on. So Sarah, get us started. 
Yeah, if you listened to our last podcast, you know all the acronyms by now because there are a lot. But we're going to talk about the crazy things you do before you see your fertility doctor. Uh, we're going to hear from some of you guys later in the episode about how your life changed when you told people you were trying to conceive. But let's start with some TTC antics. Yeah. What are all the things to try or not to try before seeing a doctor? <laughs> it seems like there are a lot of things that most people try at some point, which are cycle charting, time sex, which uh, I found an article that has some sex tips for getting pregnant, which I've mm. never really heard these tips. Uh, this is Tech Times. Uh, one of the tips is try sex twice within an hour, but not every day. And it, Okay. Yeah, it says that having sex twice within an hour practically triples the chances of conceiving, which what? I don't know how that works, but... Maybe. Maybe for normal people. <laughs> yeah, that too. But I, I've never heard the have sex twice in an hour. I haven't either. Seems like a little much. <laughs> what else and, what else yeah. they got um it says don't wear tight fitting clothes for men you know mm-hmm. you don't want your uh testicles close to your body keep the could, balls cool yeah we're gonna could, talk about that later <laughs> it could fry the sperm and then um <laughs> stay away from edamame and soy because really? that leads to lower sperm count Mm, I had no idea. So I wonder if some vegans have a lower sperm count. Mm. Because isn't soy kind of a replacement for a lot of meat? I think a lot of vegans things? do eat a lot of soy. I'm not I'm not sure because I'm not vegan and never will be, but... Yeah, I don't know. One of my best friends used to be vegan and then she saw the light and started eating meat again. I know some vegans. Yeah. They're cool. But, They're cool. Yeah. Um, uh, it says cuddling could help too. Cuddling could help your fertility? Really? It's saying right after you're done because you're laying down instead of jumping up like we talked about last time. Mm. You know. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, it I don't know how much that means or what, but there you go. There's some tips. <laughs> That yeah, may so or may did, not help. Right. Did you use did you use an app when you were um trying to conceive naturally? Did you have like an app on your phone? Yeah. I mean we used Oh yeah, we I talked about that. Fertility friend to charge. Fertility chart. friend. Okay. And then um people use OPKs, which are ovulation predictor kits. Mm-hmm. Are they really kits? They're just a bunch of sticks that you pee yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know why they're called kits yeah they're they're they function basically the same way a, a pregnant an at-home pregnancy test you yeah. pee on them or into something and dip them in yeah and you can get like the regular like you can get ovulation predictors from like a drugstore and they come in mm-hmm. like with like a five pack and they cost like 30 bucks whoa or you can get the <laughs> you can get the kind on amazon that come in like a, what's the brand? Uh, I know Wanfo. Like Wanfo. Wanfo is one of one of the brands, and they they become like 
the heroine of ovulation predictors because like super addictive because you get like 50 for like ten dollars yeah <laughs> you could I just don't like wanfos though no Mm-mm. they just don't seem to work very well my favorite mm. brand was the walgreens brand of the sticks mm. well i mean Sometimes you do get what you pay for. So maybe the ones at the drugstore work a little better, but you don't get as many. Yeah. These were like the Wanfo ones, but they seem to work better. But if you have PCOS, OPKs might not work for you. Yes. In fact, it's interesting that you brought that up because I was going to read this like a little PSA about PCOS. Oh, um, I found this on... I didn't write down the website. I apologize. Um, But I saw this and I copied it because I thought it was relevant. Because it says, when taken taken correctly, ovulation tests are approximately 99% accurate in confirming whether ovulation actually... Oh, oh, hold on. (laughs) 99% accurate in detecting the LH surge that precedes ovulation. So that's that spike in your hormones when you're about to ovulate. However, these tests cannot confirm whether ovulation actually occurs a day or two later. So some women may have a surge in the LH hormone without actually releasing an egg. um, And that condition is known as luteinized unruptured follicle syndrome. So basically you have this LH surge, but then you never actually release an egg. And then other women may experience a false peak in LH before it fully peaks. And this is very commonly seen in women with PCOS. So this could mislead you to time your intercourse too early because you see a spike. You think you're ovulating, but it's actually too early. That's what happened to me. I would have multiple little spikes, but then I would not ovulate after that. Mm-hmm. And that's you, when like I would get have another those, spike. Yeah, that's when I would have those long cycles mm-hmm. that last. You're like wait, sixty days, right? You're like, when did I actually ovulate? Was it two weeks ago? Is it now? Like, yeah. oh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you have PCOS, OPKs may not be your best option. But I did want to touch on. Um, some of these other like I've, some of these things were not around even five years ago, like when I was doing natural charting. Mm-hmm. And that's like the advent of these things like the Ava bracelet. And <laughs> I'm sure you saw my post uh, in our Facebook group. I asked I people. Yeah, I asked people like. Because if I see one more freaking ad for the Ava bracelet, like, let's just, we're never going to get a um, sponsorship for that. We're never going to get a sponsorship from the Ava bracelet. Let's just, because I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I don't buy it. Anything that has that many celebrity endorsements, I don't trust it. Yeah. and And it's really expensive. Yeah, it's $250 and it basically checks your pulse and temperature. Like that's that's it. I mean, you I know it does a, a little Fitbit more than that. For that. But, yeah, I know it does a little more than that, but I'm just curious if anyone out there has actually used it and liked it. We did get a response from someone in our Facebook group and I 
asked her if I could read this um, because our Facebook group is closed. So all of the the content is private unless, you know, people give us permission to share it. And um, so anyway, this is from Brett and she she told me I could share this with everybody. She had a neighbor and they started trying to conceive at the same time. And the neighbor had the the neighbor had the Ava bracelet and apparently got pregnant like after two months of trying. I thought she said the first month. Well, I think it was she she used it for a month and then the next cycle got pregnant. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. So so she says uh, she's been wearing the Ava bracelet for about two months. She goes for the fertile days and gets pregnant the first month. So I think she had been wearing it. But anyway, so she says she tells Brett that she this was all because of Ava that she got pregnant. And she explains to me how great Ava is and suggests I borrow it. Uh, it was nice of her, but I also felt like she was suggesting that I just wasn't temping or having sex correctly. I'll g- I guess I'll call it fertile splaining, which I like that term. <laughs> fertile splaining. So um, Brett is a software, what did she say, engineer? Maybe. So she she loves data and like how these things work. So she was really into how it how it worked. But she had already been charting like use, using a basal body thermometer and OPKs like a combination. So she already had an idea of like when she was um, ovulating and she was getting totally a different read from the Ava bracelet than she was like using her BBTs and OPKs. They just weren't matching up. And anyway, I'm just going to read this very end where she kind of sums up her thoughts on it. I ended up giving it back to her after about five months. I found the bracelet very irritating at night and I was constantly removing it. Sometimes before it could get a long enough read because I think you have to leave it on for like five solid hours. Whoa. I also never got a month where I agreed with the data or the analysis like based on what she was doing in addition to the bracelet, um, it seemed very sensitive to room temperature, which was a problem for me. It had to be charged every single night, which felt a bit needy. All in all, I would not recommend it. I would like to try an in-ear or vaginal device that might be less sensitive to room temp. And then she recommends this Ovusense, which I looked up. So I'm just going to jump over to that for just a second. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Obvious sense. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Okay. It's $300 Whoa. for a 12 month subscription. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you pay to use the thing for 12 months. Who act, who wants to pay like a, if you're getting a fertility predictor, you don't want to assume you're going to need it for a year, but whatever. That's beside the point. So it is like this little it looks kind of like an egg. And you stick it up your vajingo. Wait, and you rent it? <laughs> no, I don't think you rent it. But oh. th- so you you I think it's a you know, single use only for one person. But you you're paying for the app. Oh, like the subscription okay. is for the app. So you stick this thing up your and then it's got this little tail on the end. It kinda looks like a giant sperm, actually. Which may be like subliminal messaging here. <laughs> so it's got this little tail and the tail has a like a thing that you stick into your 
phone the next day. Ew. I mean, this is giving like data input a whole new meaning. <laughs> like, and then it, it registers like what what happened overnight, your temperature and your I don't know exactly. I didn't look that much into it, but anyway, that's another one. So there's like all these new um, cycle trackers that you know may or may not. I don't know. But she Maybe recommends that one. No, she didn't say she recommended it. She just thought it might work better than something like the Ava bracelet because it's actually, it's recording internal temperature. So there's no, um, like, it's not going to be sensitive to room temperature. And it might actually be more comfortable than wearing, like, a clunky bracelet at night. Um, Probably. Because it's supposedly, like, a tampon. But It might work well for people who are trying to prevent pregnancy. Maybe that's why it's... 12 months yeah I guess that's true although it's marketed as like you know oh and if you but, think about it what is that like $25 a month yeah is that right did I do my yeah. math right so how much does birth control usually cost true yeah that depends a, on the um, type of birth control I guess that's true but that is certainly a a different spin on it that I hadn't thought of, Sarah. So maybe if you are trying to use it to prevent, then maybe it's not. But I wouldn't trust it for that either. <laughs> I don't know. You just never know. Anyway, um, so timed sex, you touched on that for a second. Right. I feel like I just wanted to come back to it because... I feel like this is the part of trying to conceive naturally that is it's one of the worst things is it it it's what like really um creates a toll on the marriage I feel like because it becomes such a chore you know it's like mm-hmm. not romantic anymore it's super mechanical Makes me and, think of uh, what to expect when you're expecting that movie. Mm, I have you seen, seen it? it? You haven't? Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. it. I think it's really funny. But yeah, uh, the couple that's somewhat infertile, like they have timed intercourse and it doesn't work, and then they get drunk in the park and then get pregnant that time. Of course. Yeah. Yes. You're just not passionate enough in your sex. You need to be drunk and in a park for it to work to conceive. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember one time a friend of Bill's actually, a, a guy, and he knew we had been trying, like Bill had talked to him about it. And he just said something like something to me like, hey, in the meantime, just have a whole lot of fun trying, you know, like, which on its face is not bad advice. I mean, if you're going to have to have that much sex, you might as well enjoy it. But at the time, I just remember thinking, I'm pretty sure Bill is like, if I have to put my schmecky in her vajingle one more time, (laughs) like I just, you know, it just becomes such a chore, which is sad because that's one of those things that should be fun in marriage. And when it becomes like, oh, my gosh, I'm ovulating. We have to do it right now. And it then it really sucks all the romance out of sex for sure. But that's my two cents on the timed intercourse. I'm just venting a little bit. Oh, we didn't do a whole bunch of, I mean, we did, but it wasn't to the point where it was a chore. 
because I could never get a positive OPK. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I could see. Right. Or is it I had I did have really regular cycles. So it was like once a month, there's this like, as you know, a 48 hour window or it's like we have to do it as much as possible right now. You know, yeah. And that can and I be guess that can two be times in an hour. Right. <laughs> Which is just too much. <laughs> People are going to think that we're losers. We're like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people that have gone through having timed intercourse will, they'll know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> true, true. But if like younger girls if we who have are any starting. Younger listeners, listen, ladies, sex is not all it's cracked up to be every single time you do it. Let's just. <laughs> Yeah. Just get that out there. Sometimes you need the bad to appreciate the good. Yeah. Like lots of things in life. <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> Let's So moving see. on to cervixes. Oh, yeah. So there's cervix checks. You yes. check to see where your cervix is pointing or, <laughs> or how high or low it is, which is kind of confusing. You're like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you ever do any cervical checks, Sarah? Uh, yeah, I think I did. And I was like, I don't know if this feels any different. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. First of all, there's nothing like raunchier. Yeah. Cervical check. Like, who enjoys fingering themselves? Uh, some people might. Some people might, I guess. But that's, (laughs) that's what you're doing. That's maybe not for a cervical check. Right. (laughs) But to your point, like you see this, oh, you need to start checking your cervical mucus and checking your cervix. And by the time you get to that point and people are telling you or you're reading that, you're like, I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. What is how it feels now is. So I have some tips. Oh, you do. I do. Hey, Wait, before you give your tips, did you ever look up the beautiful cervix project while you were checking your cervix? It's just a bunch of pictures of cervixes. <laughs> cervix eye? Cervix eye? Cervixes? Yeah, What's because... What's the plural of cervix? I don't know. <laughs> How do you put plurals on words that end with X? Yeah. So it's just uh, pictures... Cervixes. Of yeah, cervixes? Pictures, yeah, that people take themselves. What? Yeah, like they get an instrument... And then, you know, holds things open and then they take pictures. And it shows their cervixes throughout their cycle or pregnancy or whatever. Okay. I wish everyone could see my face right now. I'm very confused. Yeah. How, how, but you can't see your own cervix. So how is that no, supposed to help? No, but you could kind of see like what they Just mean out of curiosity. By high or low or oh, soft. Oh, sure. Or like, Right, right, right. Hard. Or like you're <laughs> or open. Right. See? Okay, you're saying all the words. So I read Oh, saying sorry. all the words. No, 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 <laughs> it's it's good. But I I I read an article that um that has an acronym, which is what we all need more of in the infertility community is more acronyms. But this is another acronym um to help you remember how like the the signs that you're approaching ovulation with your cervix the acronym is 
show. S-H-O-W. Soft, high, open, and wet. Yeah, show. And then when the cervix is closed for business, firm, low, closed, and dry. It's just like yeah. tumbleweeds blowing by. We're, oh, we're, oh, in this, the beautiful cervix project, you can see the mucus coming out. Oh, lovely. Oh, we're talking about mucus again. Well, lovely. that's what you have to check with your cervix. You do. You do. It, and it's I, part of yeah. the fun. I never really understood the mucus checking because I was like, I don't see differences here. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the uh, PCOS until after I had our first baby. Then I'm like, oh, this is EWCM. <laughs> I must be ovulating now. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes I, it I... takes getting pregnant to be able to get pregnant. <laughs> I mean, in theory, I can't get pregnant without, you know, a doctor a little... putting an embryo in me. Right. You act, You have to have a threesome of sorts to get pregnant. Yeah. 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 Right. I know when I read about egg white cervical mucus, first of all, I was annoyed that they brought eggs into the equation. Like, what did they ever do to you? Now I can't look at <laughs> eggs the same way again. But I felt like my cervical mucus ranged from anything from like water to just like freaking rubber cement. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you then you start noticing you get like the whole gamut. And I wasn't really sure over time though you you start to figure you start to figure things out. Yeah. Um, Unless your body's not working right and then you're like so what's is this it? And right. then then you see what it's actually supposed to look like and you're like oh. Mm-hmm. So that was right. not it. So one last thing on checking the cervix. This is another uh, tip for doing this. So on the same website that I wash your hands. Oh, yeah. Wash your hands. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And okay. so it says to check your cervix, insert your clean middle finger into your vagina up to at least your middle knuckle or even further. Notice how the cervix feels to the touch. Just before ovulation, it may feel like your lips. So that's when it's going to oh, be I remember soft. That. After ovulation, it will feel harder like the tip of your nose. So I feel like those th- that's a good marker because soft and hard, what does that even mean? To, it's, you know, it's all relative. So when they say feels like your lips when it's soft and feels like the tip of your nose when it's hard. I feel like that's something Who's people all can touching actually... their lips and noses. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, and another thing I saw is that maybe you've heard this before that Clomid can decrease cervical mucus. Yeah, I heard that it thins your uterine lining if you take it too long. Yeah. So, so if, if you've you're been on Clomid for like eight months, get off of it. Yeah. Or just just uh, do some research about because Clomid can have some some uh, effects on your fertility that that you don't want. Um, and then another while we're on the topic of mucus, some lubricants aren't sperm friendly. Mm-hmm. So you want to get one that if you're using a lubricant, you want to get one that's not that's not going to like zap all your mucus because you got to have that to get the, the little well, swimmers 
up there. And some of it can kill the little swimmers. Exactly. Yeah. So there are certain um, lubricants that are sperm friendly, like pre-seed or um, fertile CM is a is another. Um, I think that's by the New Haven oh. group. Yeah, they, they, they manufacture. <laughs> yes, they they Did manufacture they? every kind of fertility drug known to man. Like natural they never supplement. contacted me. No, I'm a little offended. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they I, saw me as a lost cause. They're like, that no. that bitch not, is not getting pregnant. <laughs> what do you mean contacted you? I mean, I got like an email through YouTube. Oh no, they've never contacted me through YouTube. Well, I mean, through your, like, however people contact you through YouTube. I mm-hmm. have so many friends who have tried the New Haven mm-hmm. meds, and they just send them free stuff. Never, I don't think I ever never. talked about it on my channel, though. But we did, did use some New Haven meds, but we never... Did you I pay never, for them? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. of course. Yeah, I never, I never contact. They never contacted me. Um, No. And I wouldn't I'm have offended New Haven. <laughs> New Haven, if you want to sponsor this podcast, Sarah will forgive you. We can start over. <laughs> I don't know if I can forgive that. Oh, find it in your heart, Sarah. <laughs> so did you ever do a uh, basal body temping? Yeah. And I feel you... like I'm the only one who actually like inserted it in the, uh, what is it, Vajingo? <laughs> instead of because that seemed to be a better gauge of temperature really i i didn't know that that was a thing yeah it is you just like i think stick it in there and that's it yeah it's like sticking it in under your armpit yeah just like that (laughs) or your mouth but you know don't do that after (laughs) oh gosh this is deteriorating fast. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. I think um, I did a little bit of BBT charting. I um, I felt like maybe I'm just lazy, but I didn't like that it really only told you like after you ovulated. So unless you're, I mean, I guess it's good for knowing that you actually ovulated. So if you're using it in conjunction with OPK, so you get an OPK that says, boom, you've got the LH surge, and then you have a a BBT that like two days later confirms that you ovulated, that would be a great way to like use them together. But I feel like just using one or the other is probably not going to give you the best possible result. You know, it's it's yeah. good to have both pieces of those information, like when you have the surge and then when you actually, in fact, ovulate. And I feel like it's very educational for learning how your body works. Of course. Yeah. Either way. Education. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I learned a lot. I mean, I learned that my body was not working. Yeah. Even well, that's I thought a good... Right. Which is a great point in like this whole conversation that we're having right now about what people do when they're naturally trying. The more data you can collect on yourself, the better off you're going to be, especially if you do end up having to go see a fertility doctor. The more you know going into that, the better. The more you know. Exactly. Picture the star. 
going across the screen with a rainbow. Does anyone yeah. know what I'm referencing right now? I, I know what you're referencing. Awesome. All the children of the 80s should know what that means. <laughs> it's an NBC you, thing. Is it NBC? Yeah. Oh. Because I, I just looked up the GIF. Or do oh. you say GIF? GIF or Are we going to start say, that I say GIF. debate? I say GIF too. <laughs> okay. But, we don't have to debate. It's GIF. Oh my that's, gosh. That's the it right gets way. heated at Peter's family's house between his brothers and sisters. It's ridiculous. Anyway. GIF and GIF. It's, yeah. What do you guys think? Email us. <laughs> Fertilemafia at gmail.com. GIF or GIF? Except you can't say it in an email. Mm. Yeah, you can kind of spell it out. Like, does it sound like <laughs> phonetically the peanut butter, or does it sound Ooh. like a gift? Oh yeah, is it peanut butter or is it a gift? Yeah, is it a present? Right, 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 right. Anyway, I don't remember anyway, what we were talking about. So let's ta- speaking of peanut butter diets. Did you ever do a fertility diet? Oh yeah, so many. Um, like. I did some supplements, like I did Vitex. Did you ever do that one? Mm-mm. Uh, it seemed to actually make things a little bit more regular. Um, I also did Macaroot. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to do something. I don't remember. <laughs> I did the, what is it, clean eating diet. Yeah, yeah. And then, right before we did our second round of IVF, not right before, like a couple months before. We I did keto. Yes. I'm glad you brought up keto because that's the only one I was going to talk about. I was not a good fertility dieter. Like diets kind of give me stress. But um, there's just so many. I guess that's what was stressful about it. Like if you Google fertility diet, there's like a billion diets that you know, oh, do eat this and do this, and this will give you your, you know, most optimum fertility. Mm-hmm. But specifically for people like you and me, you with PCOS, and I have borderline PCOS. Um, I didn't the, know that. That my my immunologist is the one that told me that. She's like, well, I wouldn't diagnose you with PCOS, but you're getting into that realm. Oh no, is it uh, mostly an insulin resistance problem for you? I don't, or is it your ovaries or high testosterone? I don't have high testosterone. Um, she just told me that based on a, an ultrasound and looked at the number of follicles. Oh. Between that and then like the blood work that that we did, immune immunological testing and endocrine testing, um, she said, like she put me on... Um, What's the drug that they metformin? give? Metformin? Yes. She put me on metformin for a while, and I hated it. We'll talk about that later. It made all my hair fall out. What? Um, yeah, it caused hair loss. So you must have an insulin problem. Well, maybe not, since metformin kind of did not work for you. Well, it might have worked for me. I only took it for like six weeks, because I'm like, I'm not sure that going bald is what I want to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't... It, I already had frozen embryos, so it wasn't like in, it, it wasn't to lead up to an IVF cycle or something. It wasn't mm. to promote egg health, which is what metformin a lot of the time is, is to help you regulate your cycles and promote healthy eggs. And That was my main thing with doing keto. Mm-hmm. And I was on a crap load of supplements at the time, like uh, CoQ10. 
Yes. I was yes, on yeah. a high dose of it, like 800 milligrams a day. Yeah, we both and, took CoQ10. Yeah, that stuff's expensive. It is expensive. But I see other people taking like 100 milligrams. I'm like, that's not enough. Yeah. It's, that is you, not enough. No, and you can't you can't take, really, you can't take too much of it. Like some of those no. vitamins, it's like you really can't take too much. Like we did the CoQ10 because it's it's the, you know, like a huge antioxidant, which is a big yeah. deal for people with MTHFR. Yeah. So... Did you take yeah. that before your egg retrieval? Yeah, we started, we both got on Co- CoQ10 like right after seeing an RE. That was one of the many supplements we both started taking. Did it improve um, your husband's sperm? I don't know if that did specifically. That's one of those things like will drive you crazy because you you change a bunch of things at once and then you don't know which one thing might have actually yeah. made it worse or made it better. Maybe and it's, it's not a like, combination. Exactly. And who has time to like, oh, let me add in this thing and then go whack in a cup. Let me add in this thing and then to really see. Plus, there's tons of environmental factors that you can't control. So it's just a complete mind. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) But getting back to the diet. So for PCOS, the keto diet, I think, really has been proven to be effective. Yeah, I think it's great. It's really hard to do. Well, it's not once you get used to it. You have yeah. to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to eat at McDonald's, you need to know what you're going to order ahead of time. Yeah, and there's not much you can get. Well, I, I went on Reddit, and I would see what they would order from, like, Starbucks or McDonald's. And I would get a lot of confusion when I ordered stuff. But, <laughs> like, at Starbucks, I would order a coffee with heavy creamer mm. and the barista would be like, are you sure you want that? And I'm like, yes, I'm doing keto. Don't question me. Sarah, then, explain to everyone what, real quick what keto is in case oh. someone doesn't know. So keto is a diet or lifestyle. Um, you try to get your body. You The goal is to have your body in ketosis. So Instead of running on glucose, your body is running on ketones. That sounds so, right. Does that sound right? Okay. I'm like, yeah, it sounds right. That right. Remember, we're not doctors, but that sounded no. right to me. <laughs> so you eat less than 20 grams. Does that sound right? Grams of carbs a day. Yeah. Which is hard. Very, very low amount of carbs and then you're supposed to eat it's high fat low carb basically right and like plant and protein based foods yeah yeah like there i can't see you being able to be a vegetarian or vegan on a keto diet because you need Um, a lot of protein you need a lot of fat and yeah like yeah. You need a middle amount of protein, a high amount of fat, and then a very low amount of carbs. Right. So we were and eating a lot of meat, like a lot of bacon, mm. a lot of eggs. Yeah. So the good the good thing about keto is you do you get like you can eat all those high fat foods within reason, but you can't yeah. have any like no bread, no pasta, no, no none of those <laughs> none of those like comfort foods. And that's the idea behind um, 
people with PCOS often have insulin resistance and that and the yeah. that high spike in your in your insulin can be really damaging for your reproductive system and really just your Other health systems. in general. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But as it relates to your fertility, um, that yeah, that can wreak havoc on your egg production and also on things like implantation in the first part of uh, your your first trimester and your endometrial lining. Like it's all connected. So the the more you can do ahead of time to kind of, you know, keep that at bay, have healthy eggs and a, a healthy start for baby. These are all good things, yeah. obviously. I could go on about keto. Maybe we should do a special episode on just diets because there are so many. Yeah, we and, could. And email us if you um, have had any experience with the keto diet or any other kind of fertility diet that you liked that worked for you email us and let us know. I actually, right. I asked my doctor um, at our first appointment with our RE and I said, should I go on metformin? He's like, no, I only put people on that who can't eat right. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, that so should tell you something. He recommends really. low carbs, like low carb. Mm -hmm. At the time, I don't think they had even heard of keto. Like they mm -hmm. recommend the paleo diet. Yeah. Which is right. similar. Similar, but not as low carb. Yeah. Yeah. My immunologist said the same thing. She's like, you should lay off the pasta. I'm like, oh, pasta is my pasta. drug. I love it so much. Oh. Yeah. I at least switched to whole wheat pasta, which made me feel better. But I don't think it matters for like, no it doesn't it does not matter at all like it might be a healthier pasta but it's still it's still a complex carb it's still... i will leave we we can stop talking about the keto diet if you want <laughs> but <laughs> we'll move there, on yeah but there is this one doctor on youtube his name is dr eric berg and he talks about keto and intermittent fasting on mm. his channel and explains the science behind all of his reasoning and he has a very soothing voice too so a <laughs> keto with intermittent intermittent fasting seems to be a good way to go for some people sure look him up look him up what was his name again dr eric berg dr eric berg look up dr berg and yep. Even if you're not interested in the keto, keto diet, maybe you want to listen to something relaxing. Maybe he would put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's touch on a couple of other things that people do um, that are maybe not quite as mainstream. And I wrote a few things down, like acupuncture is one. Have you and done that? You're I into have, that, aren't you? I'm... I'm uh, no. Or no. <laughs> so I I believe in acupuncture. I have done it, but I didn't love it. And Same especially here. for the price, it, it, I just, because it's not covered by insurance or it's not covered by my insurance. And so I enjoyed it and I loved my acupuncturist. She was this like, just this awesome hippie. She's everything you would picture in an acupuncturist. Like that was her in a nutshell. She was awesome. And she actually, 
because I did do it while I was pregnant and she, we had this weird, I'll t- I won't tell this story right now, but she had like a psychic moment with me. It was pretty awesome. Weird. <laughs> she like guessed the name of one of the babies and I had what? never told anyone. Yeah. Anyway. Not even Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Bill didn't even know yet. <laughs> yeah. But there, ha- there's actually been actual clinical studies about acupuncture and it's and it's help for fertility specifically i think mostly because it it helps with like stress relief and your emotional well-being but also blood flow which is extremely important and hormonal balance which is extremely important so if that's you know, something you yeah. want to try go for it you know you know like, how i said that my pregnancy doctor's office is like a spa Mm-hmm. He has an acupuncturist and oh. a massage therapist. Cool. <laughs> and You're it really right. It's like a spa. It but really is. I did acupuncture once during our first cycle. And I didn't like it because I didn't, I don't think I researched it enough. I just went to the appointment. So she stuck mm-hmm. the needles in me and then she left. And I was like, wait, you're just going to leave me? Yeah. Right. I think people don't. If you've never been to acupuncture, so that's part of it. They talk to you, figure out what you're, what's, what you got going on. They stick a bunch of needles in you, and then they leave the room, and you're just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I wanted her to stay in there with me, and like, you know, you wanted to do chat. something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, but I should also say, if anyone wants to try it, it does not hurt, right? No. It like doesn't. people, I feel like some people are afraid to try it because they're like, "What? They're sticking a needle in my face!" Like, but it does not hurt. Needles the, in general really don't hurt like no. you think they do. Well, especially acupuncture needles; they're tiny. They're like yeah. teeny, 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 tiny. They they don't hurt. Um, okay, so have you heard of of um, taking Robitussin to thin cervical mucus? Oh, I've done it. <laughs> Not only has she heard of it, she's done it, everybody. Did it work? <laughs> uh, not that I could tell. <laughs> but I did have a good robo trip. A robo trip? I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't drink that much, but uh, I couldn't tell the difference. No. People, teenagers do get high off a of Robitussin, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't, Don't do, do that. that. Yeah. But it's the same idea of how it works when you have a cold you know like it thins the mucus in your nose and your sinuses it does the same thing for the mucus in your vagingo I just I didn't see a difference yeah well that's why it's one of those you know outliers (laughs) yeah and I think that it might do something to the lining did you read that anywhere no I mean I don't think it does good things to your lining Oh, okay. So, huh? Hmm. It's one of those good with bad things, right? So, um, there was. Have you ahead. ever heard of taking Benadryl for um, trying to conceive? No, because I would think it would dry everything out. Um, I think you're supposed to take it maybe when you get a positive OPK. Like you have to time it right. It's kind of like. How you see an immunologist? So do you have a lot of immunologist? However you say that, (laughs) immunologist. Immunologist. 
Um, I think it's kind of the same thinking. Like sometimes your body overreacts to an embryo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that would make sense. Yes. So you take Benadryl. Yes. To calm things calm down. Calm the system. Yes. Like That's the not an- a bad idea. Antihistamines. Right. Like, did you take a? I took a steroid before this mm-hmm. transfer. Did you oh, yeah. do that? I was on prednisone for like four months, oh, which oh, is a corticosteroid. Geez. Yeah, and I, a really high dose f- at first. Oh, I took mitral something. Started with an M, I think. Have you ever? But heard it of was that a one? steroid. Mm-mm, yeah, and it was so. only the five days before ovulation. Well, yeah. transfer. Sorry. No, that's a that's a really interesting perspective, though, that I hadn't heard of. Like someone who if you know you have like a lot of immune things going on, it's not going to hurt to take Benadryl like right after you ovulate. You never but know. You it don't want to take it before, before because, because it, it could stop ovulation because you need before. the antihistamines to trigger it along with other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I would assume it would thin your cervical mucus because it does dry yeah. things out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but that's interesting. I gotta look yeah. into that. So we talked about some things that, like, people eat and drink, like diets, so we, we I won't get into that anymore, although I, had, I did write a few things down, like... We can talk about pineapples. Pineapples and pomegranates and chia seeds and maca root and fertility yes. tea and all of these sort of oh, like natural yeah, herbal all supplements. Yeah, I did too. I did Avoid too. plastics. I see Avoiding that plastic. on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a whole bunch of glass containers, <laughs> like, you know, Tupperware. <laughs> I They're would nice. Have a, I'd have a hard time like completely avoiding plastic. That That would be really hard to do. Get glass but, water bottles. Yeah, only using glass could be tricky. But I definitely don't do that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the. Um, you you mentioned pineapple. I don't know that everybody understands why the pineapple is like the unofficial mascot of the infertility world or trying to conceive world. Can you explain why? Uh, pineapple. Well, the core of pineapple contains bromelain or bromelain? Bromelain. Bromelain. And it's supposed to aid in implantation. Yes. That's right. You got it. So that's why the pineapple is a thing. And it's also an anticoagulant, which is good. This is the the, blood thinner. mm -hmm, Blood thinner. This is the bromelain, an enzyme that can produce... Um, some pretty incredible effects um, for when you're uh, go- with implantation. So blood thinning it's, and it's an anti-inflammatory agent. So yeah, it's all but good it's, things. <laughs> but it's just the core of right. it. Mostly. Right. Mostly. Mostly. It's, it's most, the most concentrate, the highest concentration of bromelain is in the core of the pineapple. Yeah, so don't just eat the pineapple. You got to get to the core, or yeah. just eat the like you're supposed to cut it into five parts and eat one a day after ovulation. 
Is that what it is? Or is it? I think it's after ovulation. Yeah, it's when the when the embryo is potentially implanting. Yeah. It's making its way down the fallopian tubes, unless you're Sarah, because she doesn't have any. <laughs> and That's then right. it's burrowing into your uterus. Yeah. So yep. that would make sense. A couple of days after ovulation. So that's the deal with the pineapple, everybody. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more. And then we'll probably wrap this episode up for, for today. There's just, that's the thing. We could spend all day talking about this because there's so many different things to try. There are. Uh, <laughs> on your own. This is before you even see a doctor. So, okay, we touched on this briefly in our last episode about using menstrual cups to hold semen in. <laughs> I don't think I would do that. I've I've never had a good experience with the Diva Cup. It feels like it's sucking my cervix out of my body. Oh geez. It's Yikes. really painful for me. Really? So, yeah. I put it in and I'm like, what's going on? Hmm. After Maybe you should like, try a different brand. But then I've used the wider kind that are mm-hmm. the disposable kind. Mm. And that hurt too. So maybe I don't they're know. just not for you. Nope. Yeah. But in case anyone doesn't know what menstrual cups are, they are an alternative to tampons and pads. So they're they're basically like a silicone cup that goes up into your wizard sleeve. <laughs> um, okay, so I looked up wizard sleeve, and it is not it's a thing. vagina. No, it is. It is. When I the looked labia, it up, too. You looked it up? Okay. Yeah. It's like when the labia is long. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's like a. It's like a slang, like a bad term for a vagina. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's. I offended anyone. I don't think you offended anyone. I think it's like, like you don't want someone to say you have a wizard sleeve vagina. Anyway, hey, if you have a wizard sleeve vagina, I'm sure it's beautiful. I exactly like God made you that way, and He doesn't make mistakes. Anyone should be lucky to see to have it. a wizard sleeve, <laughs> or you know, be able to like be with you. <laughs> it's deteriorating again. Sorry. Go on with what we were saying. <laughs> Menstrual so the, cups. Yeah. They Yeah. Yeah, so they they're just they they are an alternative to tampons basically. But you reuse them. You can reuse them every month. So the idea behind this is that women so you have sex, you've got the sperm up there and the idea is that you stick the menstrual cup in up there so that it keeps the sperm up close to the cervix. So that it doesn't fall out. That's and then the you don't have to idea. cuddle. The, right. And cuddling is not necessary. Unless you want to. So that's the idea behind the menstrual cup. Which brings me to my next point, which is the stork. You've heard of the stork? Of course. Yeah. Which is, the stork is basically a glorified menstrual cup. It just happens to have like an applicator. You know what it is? It's a turkey baster. With a menstrual cup. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And it it's going to run you $80, ladies and gentlemen. So I think we both... for one or two? 
that's for one. It's like a one-time use guy. So it Dang. just has like it has like what looks like a menstrual cup on the end that you you know jam it up in there with the applicator and then open it and it's like right there by the cervix. I'm sure it's worked for someone out there. They wouldn't probably still be selling them, but I haven't I have never heard of a success story with the stork. Nor have I. Email us if you had success with the stork because I want to hear from you. Stork, email us if you want to sponsor the podcast. (laughs) And then we'll start (laughs) to like you after that. (laughs) No, but it it does seem like a glorified menstrual cup. Yeah, I don't think that it's it's not an IUI. It's not. I think IUIs are not very practical either. Well, their their success rate is pretty low, but I have, I have, I do know a lot of women that have had success with IUI. I'm not one of them, but I know of one. I know of I know of probably a dozen. Wow. Yeah, that I've seen that it's worked for. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So, but I'm with you. Like, I if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't waste my time with IUI. But it does work for some people. And this is even so. This is called. I think a, an actual clinical term for this would be like intracervical in, uh, insemination. So it's basically you're not getting past the cervix. You're just getting oh, right okay. up close to it, which I'm going to talk about in a later episode because a lot of um, like same sex couples end up doing that. So they don't have to involve a doctor and they're I using donor sperm. Yeah, because they like obviously two women they can't have they can't have sex in the traditional way that a man and a woman do but they still got to figure out how to get the sperm up there so they do yeah ICI yeah hmm. anyway. anyway okay two more things i mentioned this in our in our last episode yeah i'm dying to hear end. what this means the snowballs yeah <laughs> what does it sound like I have no idea. Like, is it an actual snowball you're talking about? No. Oh. <laughs> um, this is ball cooling underwear for men. I've wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's a thing. If yeah, everybody just go to snowballsunderwear.com, and do it that's right now. <laughs> So this was designed by two men that went through infertility and they start they realized that the like scrotal temperature plays a really big part in male fertility. And I feel like this gets downplayed or it doesn't get talked about enough like the like as a way as a means to effectively reverse some aspects of male infertility is it would be a simple thing to do to just keep the balls cool. Like, I feel like you read it, but no one really talks about what, like, actually how helpful it can be. So I'm going to read a couple of things from their website. So heat can kill sperm, but just as importantly, it creates conditions that complicate your body's ability to efficiently produce sperm, resulting in lesser quality sperm motility and lesser quantity sperm count. A consistent scrotal temperature increase of even just one degree Celsius will adversely affect your sperm production. 
Studies have shown that occasionally reducing the temperature of the scrotal area can reverse male infertility. The enzymes responsible for testosterone and sperm production work most effectively at a certain optimal temperature. And even a one degree increase takes you out of that optimal zone. So keep yourself cool and your body will be able to do its job most efficiently. And then when you look on their website, so here's what it is. It's basically like a pair of boxers that have these inserts <laughs> and you it's like a like an ice pack and they call them snow wedges <laughs> and you put and you put these little inserts into your so okay I'll just read uh Keep the underwear on all day if you like. We've designed it to be worn all day long, but you should have a snow wedge inserted at just certain times during the day, like after a workout or getting under the covers at night or simply when it's convenient for you. After inserting a snow wedge into your snowballs, it should keep you cool for at least 30 minutes. And although testicle icing is never high on anybody's list of things to do, we've designed these wedges to give you the beneficial cooling you need without being painful. So instead of like walking around with like frozen peas on your crotch, this is an alternative to that. You just put your snow wedge in your snowballs for half an hour and you're good to go. And you guys <laughs> use these? No, we didn't use them. I'm not sure okay. they existed when when uh, it would have been an option for us. But I I think I, I don't know where I heard about it. it. It's been a while since I heard about it. But I thought like that's an easy thing to try. These aren't that expensive. Um, and I do believe that I do believe in the effectiveness of like keeping the keeping the balls cool. Yeah. Yeah, keep them away from your body. Let them hang free. So wear boxers? Wear boxers or nothing. <laughs> yeah. If it's possible. Yeah, stay out of, don't have any hot showers. Stay out of the sauna, you know. Just hot tub. Just keep things cool down there. It's important to keep your balls cool. Yeah. Huh. Anything anything else on the male side, Sarah? Not that I can think of. So we have run out of time for this episode to hear what everyone has to say from our Facebook page and Instagram page because it will go more with what we're talking about in our next episode. And that next episode is already out, so you can just click on over there. But we want to remind you that we are doing a sock giveaway. And to enter, we ask you to rate, review, and subscribe. Do you want to yeah. go in and explain more about our sock giveaway, Kayla? Sure. So we talked about it last on the last episode, but they're pineapple socks, which we all know why we picked pineapples now in case last time you were like, why pineapples? That's random. Now you know. <laughs> They're cute ankle socks. They're going to be perfect for spring and summer. Um, and, and they're to take with you to the infertility doctor, especially when um, you're wearing sandals that day. But you still need socks when you get in those stirrups. So 
just go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Give us a review and a rating. And that's all you have to do to enter. And we're actually going to close the, the giveaway on the last day of National Infertility Awareness Week. So you have about two weeks. And while you're at it, don't forget to join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. And feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And in our next episode, like Sarah said, we're going to... Um, we're going to talk about those uh, the way that your life changed when you told people you were trying to conceive. And we're going to talk about the hell that is the two-week wait. Oh, so man. go ahead and jo- just go over there. Just click on the next episode. Join us. Join us next time. And thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye, everyone. Bye.